Hello, and welcome to the Living Cruelty Free With Me podcast. My name is Claire, and I'm the creator of the blog and social media platform, Cruelty Free With Me, where my goal is to show everyone how easy it is to live a life free from harm. Now, I do this by promoting an ethical vegan lifestyle. Whether you're looking to transition into a vegan lifestyle or just looking to make some kind and conscious decisions, this podcast is for you. Together, we will change the world by spreading awareness and inspiring change. Please stay updated by following at Living Cruelty Free with me on both Facebook and Instagram. And do not forget to hit that subscribe button to get notifications on upcoming episodes. We have 18-year-old animal activist Hudson Tarlow joining us today who does a ton of street outreach and is not afraid to use his voice. Welcome, Hudson. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to show. Thank you so much for joining me. I stumbled across your social media and I noticed you do a ton of outreach where you're really facing the issue head on and facing the people who support these industries. What made you decide that you want to do outreach? And can you explain to listeners exactly what that means? Sure. So what outreach is, is it's normally I always, all my outreach I do with an organization called Anonymous for the Voiceless, which is the most prominent animal rights outreach organization. And basically all it comes down to is just having conversations on the streets with people who are passing by and want to talk about veganism and animal rights. The way that it's done is that the Cuba Truth demonstration with the organization Anonymous to Voice This, we show factory farm and slaughterhouse footage. And then as people are walking by in busy street areas, then they'll stop, look at that footage, and then I'll go up to them and talk with them. For me, the way I found it is it just is so fun. I I love doing it. I love it. You love talking to people, obviously. Yeah, I just find it really fun. Um, Like I've always sort of been into talking like I'm a musician for me the thing I really like about it is that I think that street outreach and talking to people on the streets is the most raw form of communication with 100% non-vegans because there's no time to like think of something on the comments you can't hide behind it on the internet you can't you can't post a bacon emoji yeah exactly right you get you get the real deal you really what's going through their mind in the moment and yeah, I, that, that's why I really like it. It's mm-hmm. and it's also not, um, you know, you can't change it. For example, if you, in, you know, if you go on the news or something, it'll edit out your parts or something, right? So you can get the full raw exposure to what the psychology is behind abusing animals, and mm-hmm. that's why I love it so much. That's awesome. Now you're in high school, right? Yeah, I'm a senior in high school. <laughs> so when did you start doing activism? What's your story? How did you find veganism? How did you find activism? So I found veganism just like everybody else, or most people through the internet. And yeah. the first thing that ever planted the seed was a Joey Carbstrong video. Okay. And so because of that, I was always knowing about activism. And then the more videos I saw, really the turning point, there's a guy on YouTube, he doesn't make videos anymore, but he has like 500 videos, all really good. His YouTube channel name is The Vegan Activist. He's this British dude. And he's not really that known. Um, but anyway, I watched. Yeah, he doesn't have that many subscribers. But for some reason, I found his channel. I binge watched all of his videos. This was in my freshman year of high school. So what was this? Back in uh, like May 2017. And all right. I watched all of his videos. And then I went from like, you know, maybe considering veganism, like trying it out or whatever. Um, 
into eating plant-based foods to like, okay, I need, this is a moral imperative, no messing around, I gotta go vegan. For activism, I found, part of the reason why I went vegan was because I wanted to be an activist. Even before, because the, some of the seeds planted was like, I found people like Joey Carbstrong, I saw a bit of Earthling Ed, a bit of um, other activists. I saw some anonymous voices cue the truth. So I was like, oh shoot, I gotta go vegan because I gotta speak up about this. It was just like, what? So the day I went vegan, I was like, all right, I gotta speak up. Right. And then it just started out with, I had no idea what I was gonna do because I've never seen anybody in high school, anybody of like 25 doing vegan activism. So I had no idea what to do. And I was just, so frustrated at all times and I had all this mm-hmm. anger built up inside that's of, usually what sparks it hey <laughs> yeah it, totally so yeah I was just so angry so depressed about how nobody I talked to in my day-to-day life even has any remote amount of empathy for me I wanted to get involved with outreach pretty much from the moment I started the problem was that I just didn't have my driver's license and my parents were like yeah we're not going to no, like you're not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I just like waited until um, eventually I convinced my mom to drive me to one activism. and go vegan. Oh yeah, yeah, my mom went vegan too. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I convinced my sister to go vegan, and then I, you know, a few months later, I convinced her to drive me to an activism event, and then that's great. Um, you know, once I got my license, then I could start going stuff on my own. Yeah. So ever since then, my first activism was an event was, it was the first week of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I've just been doing it ever since and loving every moment of it. How do you muster up the courage to like to do that, though? I know you said you love talking to people, but I feel as though a lot of people are too are hesitant to do that because they're scared of dealing with people and not knowing what to say have you ever been doing uh anonymous for the voiceless action and someone says something to you and you don't know how to respond yeah that happens so often right especially the beginning it happened all the time yeah okay and what would you say to people who are too scared that that's going to happen like what's your advice for them my advice is something that i've learned keep it super super simple okay if there's ever something if anybody ever says anything we overcomplicate how simple this message is. We're saying that animals shouldn't be abused. Nothing more to it. Yeah. So whenever I used to, my problem, the reason why I used to get stuck on, I was stuck up on all this is because I would go into conversation and I need this huge grand approach. You need to know all these statistics, all these facts, all these studies. And uh, what I've learned now is that it's keep, keep it super simple. Mm-hmm. Whenever somebody says that I might not like know a hundred percent is, uh, for example, right? If, somebody says i'm trying to think of the last time i got stumped the last time i got stumped was a time uh at a, a cube of truth somebody said oh well um or you know it wasn't uh, yeah yeah a time when somebody said my last cube of truth before lockdown somebody said how oh well i'm from india and we have this certain honey on this one farm seven hours away in rural india mm-hmm. and now i just go okay well, we're standing right here in california right so, if somebody says anything regarding anything the main thing I just I just always say is like okay so how does that justify you needlessly murdering animals if somebody says anything oh well the environment the soil with this thing is going to be slightly <laughs> degraded and you're you might have like, like you know calcium loss <laughs> like people bring up those yeah. reactions, how does that justify you needlessly abusing animals totally it's, it's, it's and simple. I think 
And I think in person it helps because they don't have the internet to look arguments up to, right? Because on the internet they can look up excuses or whatever, and then they can come at you with that. But in person you have to be like super sharp and on point of what you want to say. So totally. What was your most successful talk with someone in a cube of truth? Do you remember? Like, did you follow up with anyone? Do you follow up with people? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So my best, this comes straight to my mind. My best conversation ever was with a guy named Jacob. And what happened was he was, so I didn't know this guy, but I ran into a person. So there were one of my friends. Uh, she, I knew her from preschool and I hadn't seen her oh, wow. since. And she was walking by with one of her friends, Jacob, by the Cuba Truth. And I was like, how do I know that face? I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I know that person. I went to preschool with her. And it was just the most random thing. And I went up to her. I'm like, I haven't seen you in 15 years. Like, I haven't seen you since I was like three years old. And then I had a conversation with her and her friend. And uh, right when the conversation started, it was a tough conversation. She wasn't having any of it. She wasn't having any of it at all. Guard up. And yeah, her friend Jacob wasn't having any of it either. And the conversation ended with me saying that you guys are in favor of animal abuse. You guys are hypocrites. And they were pissed. And they were, (laughs) I guarantee you, they went off and had a steak and had a milkshake. Oh, man. But what I did is I laid in the absolute moral imperative when they were saying, okay, maybe I'll reduce or I'll go vegetarian. I'm like, well, for those little bit of animals, they're gonna be tortured and abused for you. And afterwards I felt like a dick. I was like, man, I can't, I actually shouldn't have done that to somebody I've known for that long. And they got pissed at me. That mm-hmm. wasn't good. And it really wasn't, I didn't feel like they were going to do anything. It was a good interaction though. And in especially her friend, Jacob, I felt like he was sort of taking it in, but I really didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, long story short, just because I, what happened was three months later, I got a message on my Instagram from this guy named Jacob. And he's like, hey, Hudson, I just want to let you know that. Oh my gosh. At first, I was really mad. I didn't even do anything for like three days. I went and had animal products afterwards. But then it kept ringing in my head again and again and again. And I've been vegan for the past three months. And, wow. uh, and then that just totally confirmed that this approach of just laying it out there. Yeah, it really works. And I was over the moon and I thought I couldn't get any better. Four months later, this was in February. I go, I'm going to like a cube of truth and we're doing like the briefing and stuff. And I see this guy sh- shows up and I'm like, no way. He's wearing all black, his mask. And it was the guy, Jacob. And this is a guy who was a full on meat eater when I, Ran into him at the queue and he walked off on me and I thought I was rude to him. And then he showed up and was ready to do outreach. And then he stood in the queue, he did outreach. And now he's been convincing all of his friends to go vegan and just being like in his, his bio, he has the V symbol on Instagram. He has like, you know, vegan. Wow. So that's that's, that's amazing. You not <laughs> only created a vegan, but you created an activist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super stoked about that. That's <laughs> great. Were you a big meat eater before? I was, ra- I was actually born vegetarian. Oh. So, yeah, so I was raised vegetarian. Okay. I never had, so I never seen any slaughterhouse or factory farm footage. My okay. parents went vegetarian, uh, or like not even fully vegetarian. My parents went like vegetarian slash pescatarian in the early 90s. And wow. then be- 
so I was raised vegetarian, but the only reason why I was vegetarian was because like my parents were. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody asked like, "Oh, why are you vegetarian?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, my parents are. You know, it's healthy. It's good for the environment. Like, you know, so I do it for health reasons." Then yeah, it was, it was the main reason was just because my family was like it was just what I was used to. Yeah. And, um, I just viewed it as a personal choice that I don't want to eat animal products. I don't want to go fishing, mm-hmm. but I had friends who were hunters and fishers and stuff, and I didn't really care. So I had no um, ethical tie-in other than I personally didn't want to be a part of it. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so for me, it really wasn't when I learned about, the first time I ever even saw slaughterhouse footage was when I learned about the dairy and egg industries. And then that was when I really was like, well, this is actually a serious issue. This isn't just a personal choice to you. And then that's when I really understood the, the victims behind meat rather than just like a diet. Mm-hmm. Now you've obviously seen a lot of graphic footage how do you deal with that post-trauma? Like, how do you stay so positive? And what tools could you give to people who struggle with that? Yeah, it's not easy. For me, I become so desensitized. Mm-hmm. And because I had to edit the documentary Dominion for, I, I was in charge of making the footage for Cubes of Truth, the footage that we show at Dark Cubes. Yeah, I, I'm so desensitized to it. And it kind of makes me feel like a psychopath. Like, I'm even more freaked out that I'm desensitized to it than not. That's crazy, hey? Yeah. So It happens so quickly, though. Yeah, I think it's a defense mechanism because if I feel like I would literally like just not even be able to wake up in the morning and get out of bed if, if mm-hmm. you were feeling in all the emotions like you should be because it's yeah. so horrific. Now, were you always like that or do you think that just came over time? It definitely came over time because when I first went vegan, I was so... You couldn't get out of bed. And yeah, I was like bawling my eyes out on... So yeah, my advice, I wish I had advice. It's just so rough. It's tough. It's such a tough question. And that's why like, I feel like the activism community needs to talk about that way more. Yeah. Yeah, I think that just don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. I think the main reason why people burn out as activists, I think it isn't so much as they're doing too much activism because most people are doing activism like part-time on like the weekends. I think what it really comes down to is that every day on social media, you're seeing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my advice is um, watch it to understand why you're vegan. You're doing it. Activist. Don't never watch it because then that's how you get people coming out and saying, oh, I'm ex-vegan, didn't work out for me because they lose sense of the animals. At the same time, you don't have to watch it every moment of every day. So 100%. just based on, you know, where you're at. So the... What I was going to say is the industry and like the activism community is so female dominant. Why do you think that is? And how do you think we can get more males being active and involved? I think the main reason is because vegan in general, when, when I hear the word vegan, if I were to hear it before I was vegan, I would think of that as a, oh, like some girly thing. They're eating you know, acai bowls and doing yoga. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how a lot of people... Acai bowls and doing yoga. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, that's the only, you know, most uh, restaurants with all the vegan options are like the super hipster joints, right? Like It's true. It's true. Yeah. And I think yeah. the reason why is because that's how 99% of people in our movement portray it. Because although we're in this you know, sub-movement of like mm-hmm. animal rights, ethical activism. If you look on the vegan hashtag, it's a all, lot of food. Yeah, it's all like super fit, like 
you know, these bikini model girls that to With a, an acai bowl. Yeah, like only like yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, it doesn't yeah. seem very appealing to men. And uh, you know, I think it's just that stereotype. And then you know, if you look up like a hashtag like um keto or something, it's all like, you know, dudes. Um mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think the way that we can change that is just by not conflating veganism as a healthy diet and not talking not entertaining the health stuff at all and just focusing on the animals and also when we focus on the animals not making it this focus of that you have to love animals because that is also something that is a lot more so a female thing like when you have a strong emotional connection to your pets yeah more empathy yeah so i think we should just totally focus this the word what i always do is because I've never been an animal lover. It's crazy I, to me when I hear that from a vegan, but <laughs> it, it happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been an animal lover. I've been to sanctuaries a couple of times and I really don't form a bond with animals. And Interesting. I don't really like animals, to be honest. Um, I, I, I don't like holding like chickens like they're paws. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. And I think people think, uh, you know, especially it's, it's so portrayed in our movement that veganism is all about love. And that's what the whole, like non-vegans think that oh it's all about love and i think in our movement sometimes we tend to overdo it too much like oh you can't love animals and eat them too you can't you know you, you can't love your friends and eat them too but i think the way we get more people in this movement who are men is just by not competing with that and this is just purely about the basic right to not be enslaved and tortured and abused and uh, yeah i think that it's the most manly thing you can do to be an animal rights activist and be vegan because uh, the weakest thing you could do is uh, use your power to torture and abuse the most defenseless beings who can't defend themselves in any way and use your power against them for personal gain. You know, you never look at child abuse as manly. You never look at rape as manly. And it's, this is the exact same mentality that people are above them in terms of their strength. So they have the right to dominate against them. That's an amazing way to look at it. Thank you. <laughs> and it's it's weird because I do know I know a lot of male activists, but if you look at the if you look at it as a whole, there aren't a ton. But hopefully that'll that'll change. Yeah, I think also it just comes down to we're in such the early days. Mm-hmm. Been going, I mean, it's so new right now. I mean, so yeah, I think with time it'll change. And yeah, yeah. Do you think? I know a lot of people are trying to move away from that word vegan because of that and just kind of focus more on like saying, I just don't eat animals, not I'm vegan. Do you, what do you think about that? Do you think that's something we should do? I think we should do both. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should never say the word vegan because then it's going to confuse people. Yeah. So I always drop because it. It's so established. Yeah. It's because if, I don't know. If, so I, I do agree because yeah, when you hear the word vegan, it totally sounds like this health hipster yoga mm-hmm. message. Just when you hear it off the top of your head, I mean, the definition in the dictionary of veganism is, oh, a diet that doesn't contain animal products, right? Keyword so, diet. Yeah, so I think it's definitely important. Something that I have been doing a lot that I have found to be most effective is because, so a lot of people say anti-speciesism, and I think that for like non-vegans, people who have never heard that, it can just come across as confusing. The term I really like is human supremacy. So. Ooh. Because that's such a, like, it's very, okay, human supremacy. Yeah, the belief that humans are 
like supreme to animals. So they're, it's like, you know, white supremacy, you know, so you can kind of draw that comparison a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like using the term human supremacy and human supremacist. And uh, so I'll say, yeah, if you want to stop, you know, I'll, I'll tie it in like something like, what's an example? Um, yeah, the belief that we can enslave animals to steal their babies and steal their milk and kill them is a human supremacist mentality. And I feel like that's just a pretty clear way of understanding it. And in outreach, what I've been doing is I've been saying, if you hold this human supremacist mentality by not being vegan, so I'll tie it in. I won't just say one or the other because mm -hmm. um, just to make it clear. And language is so important. Yeah, definitely. I, so yeah, because to the random person, veganism just sounds like a total diet and nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really want to move away from that word. But as I said, it's such an established word that it's kind of hard to. You go to a restaurant, for example, and they say, you're going to say, I don't eat animals. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. But imagine saying that instead of saying, oh, I'm vegan. Like, what are your vegan options? Or and saying, what options here don't have animals in them? Yeah, yeah. Or what options are anti-speciesist? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. Maybe in the future, we'll get to that point where we don't even need to really say that. And Yeah, my goal is that one day veganism just won't be a word. Just mm -hmm. like how it isn't a word for a non-rapist or a non-child abuser. It shouldn't so be true. Or an animal abuser. That is so true. You are, you're on so many platforms right now. So you're on YouTube, you're on Instagram, obviously, and then TikTok, which I'm not super familiar with. Tell the listeners what you do on TikTok to use your voice for animals. And sure. Yeah. TikTok is a crazy place. So yeah. basically the way TikTok works is it just shows your videos to everybody. There's no, because there's not like any celebrities on the app yet. Okay. There's no you know like Beyonce doesn't have a TikTok you know like a Kardashian oh, on TikTok so because of that it's really easy for just a random person to get your voice out to millions of people because you're not competing with all these already big name celebrities mm -hmm. so yeah so in the past like I just made a video on it in the past 28 days I've received 10 million views on TikTok that's amazing yeah it's crazy and I haven't I just make it with my phone and just I don't even do any editing I'll just like make it and post um the way TikTok works is just quick videos, like seven second videos. You can do a minute, but the ones that go mostly viral are like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And basically all I do is I just, I don't know, I just pretty much just get on my phone and I'll just, you know, just briefly go over, I don't know, like the egg industry, the dairy industry, just I'll go over all the objections and you can reply to comments and make videos doing comment responses. Okay. So comments, I'll reply to fancy old pain or whatever. So the bad news is that. I get not just thousands, I get tens of thousands of hate comments a day. And because of that, my Instagram DMs, I, I press delete all every day and every day they fill up to like 90. So they come from TikTok to Instagram? Yeah, because I have my Instagram linked. Oh my and gosh. Yeah, my messages fill up every day. Like, um, wow. Just from, because TikTok is also super kid oriented. So it's like 10 year olds and stuff. So they're just, they never have profile pictures. <laughs> There's these really random people. And then there's also a huge community of like dairy farmers and cattle, cattle farmers. I've like, heard that. Millions of followers. And they'll like react to my, my videos and I'll get this crazy amount of hate. But what keeps me going is that I'll get 
for me, I've actually been getting more positive because although I've been getting way more negative, I've been getting way more positive too. I've been getting dozens of messages every week from people telling me that they're going vegan or that they've gone vegan after seeing my stuff. So it's so subjective. People will always find a way to, it's just so subjective when people think vegan activism is extreme or not. And I'll have videos where I'm super, super just barely straight distracted. to the point. I'll, yeah, I'll have some videos where I'm super straight to the point, just super direct. And then I'll have videos where I'm just doing like a recipe to for a tofu scramble or something. And people are like, yeah, you're pushing your agenda. So it's so subjective, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I found it's the best way right now to be doing vegan activism. Because, on there. yeah, I mean, like Instagram, I'm lucky if I get like 10,000 views. On TikTok, I, if I don't get 100,000 views, I'm like, oh, that video didn't even do that well. So Wow, that is crazy. So everyone should get on TikTok. Everybody should get on it, yeah. It's definitely not as fun as Instagram because the thing about Instagram is that on your explore page and all that stuff, you're only ever seeing people related to you. So when I post on Instagram, only vegans watch it or 99% of the time vegans watch it. So it's funny, I'll post one video on my Instagram and I'll get like 50 comments and it's all positive. I'm like, yeah, let's go, I'm feeling so good. I'll post that exact video on TikTok and then people are just calling me like the worst person on the planet. So it's definitely not as fun to post on TikTok, but it's way more impactful because the amount of people- Which is what you want. Yeah, it's what you want because this shouldn't be- an easy process. We're addressing the largest source of violence on the planet with the most amount of blood. I mean, the amount of violence that's in this, this is the biggest source of murder, enslavement, and rape on the planet. And so I don't blame people. Like, I'm not surprised that I get that much hate because this shouldn't mm -hmm. be a comfortable walk in the park. Yeah, it's um, not. Yeah, so this, this should be something that's going to get social discomfort. And I think that just means that we're doing something good because if our message, if I was getting on there and saying that plants feel pain, nobody would even comment. Nobody would even bother to say anything. I think it just shows the fact that we're onto something here when you get that much reaction. Yeah, because you're hitting people's conscience then, right? So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So I think yeah, Claire, you get you need to get on TikTok. It's the place to I, I've made. I think I made one recipe video and something else i forget but i need okay, to do cool. more i need to do more activism on there yeah. Yeah. are there are there a lot of activists on there have you noticed or it's super dispersed right now there's probably okay uh, i would say under 50 oh wow actual like vegan activists calling all activists please go to yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah especially right now because we're in quarantine like there's literally nothing else to do so yeah. yeah um i in fact i just got a message from somebody uh who they said that they've been seeing my TikTok since I've been, how I've been promoting it. And last week they were inspired to get on and they just made a video and I got 700,000 views. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely it's a amazing. good opportunity. And this isn't going to last long because pretty soon it's just going to be oversaturated with celebrities and all that. So yeah, I think right now it's a good time to take advantage of it. What, what are some other things people could do from home right now to advocate for animals, do you think? I think, let me think about this. I think the main thing is uh, just get on social media. I mean, I think every social media has its you know place and purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think this is a good time to learn stuff because, you know, when you're busy life, when you have all these obligations and all these family things that you have to be doing, you can't spend so much time learning. I think this is a really good time to, uh, you know, get on YouTube and really, you know, watch, like binge watch Joey Carbs drawing and, 
you know, in Gary Urofsky and Earthling Ed and, you know, all these activists and really just become sharp at communicating. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also a good time. Right now, you can have time to try a lot of different things. If you've always wanted to make graphic design things with veganism, like there's a lot of people who do that on Instagram, it's a good time to learn how to do that. If you've wanted to make videos, it's a good time to buy a camera and learn how to make videos. If you've always wanted to make, like I've seen people just do, you know, really great, um, you know, paintings of like, you know, animal rights messages. It's a good time to learn whatever skill you've always wanted to do and, 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 and like incorporate that into activism. Yeah, there's so many things that you can do. And I think a lot of people are too scared to use their literal voice to speak up. But as you said, you could make graphics, you could make well videos you might have to speak to, but even drawings, you see so many drawings and paintings and yeah, illustrations. So get on there, people. Definitely. So for anyone who is on the brink of transitioning into this lifestyle, what would you say to them in hopes that you could be their final push. If you're on the brink of transitioning to veganism, what I'd say is put yourself in the animal's position. How would you feel if you had the day of your execution planned from the moment you were born and had your children taken away from you and those children were only there because of you being sexually violated and then if you were tortured your entire life and all this just for a sandwich, just so somebody could eat a sandwich, which is how trivial this stuff is. So all I say is just put yourself in that animal's position and really connect to their suffering. The best way I think you can do that is by watching the film Dominion on YouTube. It's two hours. It's the hardest thing that you'd ever watch. Definitely is. Yeah. And if you watch that, you'll, you'll be able to put yourself in the animal's position because you'll see just how horrific it is. I think that's the main thing. We focus a lot of time and something that I used to do all the time is I would focus so much on telling people how to be vegan mm-hmm. and how to, you know, what vegan cheeses to buy and all this stuff. That stuff is so easy once you figure out why you need to go vegan. It really is. Because how hard is it? It's the easiest thing in the world. I have never, it's, it's just, it's so unbelievable. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing if we were having this conversation 20 years ago. Yeah. It's so easy. You go to any grocery store and you can get so many options that all you need to do, especially with Google, you just ask Siri. You don't even have to type it. Ask Siri, how do I go vegan? It's going to pop up 20 billion results. And if you find out your why and why you need to do it, you're going to figure out how to move your hand two inches at the grocery store to buy the soy milk. That's why that why is so important, right? Because like I said, you don't cheat on, you don't cheat on the animals once you know. Yeah. Let's go over some, I got some messages. So I put on my social media, why can you not go vegan? And I want us to address and kind of rebuttal their arguments. If you're cool with that. Okay. The one is vegans are very entitled. What's more entitling? not abusing animals and telling people to stop abusing animals or paying for animals to have their heads chopped off and murdered for a sandwich. Yeah. And I think the other thing with that is people think that vegans think they're better than everyone else when they go vegan, but really I don't think I'm better than anyone else and that anyone else. And that's why I'm going vegan. I don't think I'm better than animals. 
Yeah. I think we all deserve to live. And that's why I'm making that decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting argument. It's the exact opposite of entitlement because you're saying that, yeah, even though these animals are less intelligent and even though they don't have the same capacity to do certain things as us, you're saying that, yeah, I mean, we all suffer. We all feel the same pain. We all feel the same joy. And it's the least entitling thing you can do. And it's the most selfless thing you can do because there's no, there's nothing, you have nothing to gain by going vegan. You have everything to lose because you're going against the social norm. You're going to lose friends. You're going down such a lonely road because there's so few people who have made this connection that, yeah, I'd say it's the exact opposite of entitlement. It's just a hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have a lot of vegan friends? Pretty much. Yeah. So most of my, um, my only non-vegan friends, I mean, it, it's like, I, I didn't cut off any friends who weren't vegan. The thing that happened is just slowly, I'd never had a thing like, oh, I'm not friends with you. Just slowly as years go by, it's been almost three years for me, you start to just drift away with people who don't share the same values as you, not just veganism, but just yeah. in everything. So for example, right, if you used to, I mean, just with anything, right, if you used to be like, you know, super into drugs or something, and then you become sober, then as the years go by, you're probably going to spend less time with the friends that you used to hang out with and, you know, do drugs with, For sure. Hollywood, right? So just with anything. Um, so yeah, ever since going vegan, I've just drifted away from my non-vegan friends and I don't, you know, I'll talk to them. I don't have anything. I, I'm not like, didn't say I'm not going to talk to you anymore, but it just is something that I've chosen to surround myself with people who share my values and people who are trying to be selfless and do better things for this world. Yeah, because I think the main thing about being happy is surrounding yourself with the right people. And if you're always surrounding yourself with people who just have no empathy for animals and just are not trying to make this world better for future generations, then that's going to bring you down. And I don't think that's a good place to be in. So I've just chosen to surround myself with people who are vegan and people who share the same values with me. Yeah, I think it just comes naturally, hey? Yeah, yeah. Do you think you could ever date someone who wasn't vegan? I think that I could uh, <laughs> give it a few dates. And I've taken the Liberation Pledge, so... Okay, so for anyone who's listening right now who doesn't know what the Liberation Pledge is, can you tell them what that is and what you sure. just held up? The Liberation Pledge, basically what it is, is it's a pledge. And I actually just took it right before quarantine, so I haven't had any, uh, you know, interactions... Um, but uh, I'm going to see how it goes. But the liberation pledge, basically what it is, is you pledge to not sit at a table where there are animal products and, you know, animal torture products and their tortured secretions and stuff. So it's a stance because you never do that. You never sit at a table where slaves are serving you. You never sit at a table where dead corpses of children are being served or, you know, dogs. So... It's just an extension on that. And the reason why I took it, I used to be actually pretty against it. And I was pretty vocal about being against it. But the more I thought about it, I was like, well, how is anybody ever going to take animal rights seriously? How are they ever going to take animal abuse seriously if I'm going to be so willing to compromise on the message by sitting right in front of the product of animal abuse? So my goal, and we'll see how this goes, and I'm open to changing my perspective if I 
isn't effective. But my goal right now is, uh, so if I get back to the question, let's say I meet a girl who isn't vegan. I would say, hey, I've taken this liberation pledge. Um, let's go to this vegan restaurant and have some, you know, vegan food. And, you know, because I, 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 you know, have pledged to sit at a table where there's not any dead animals. And because of that, I feel like it make the conversation more open to veganism because you don't have this like dead corpse right in front of you. I find people tend to get more defensive when they're literally eating the fighting against. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm open to change it though. I find it isn't effective, but, um, anyway, but to get back to the question, I think that I'd give it, I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say like how many, I'd see the dynamic, but eventually I wouldn't, it wouldn't be long at all because I don't really talk about anything other than veganism. I don't do anything else. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't, ever, I don't even know how I get myself to the point of going on a date with a non-vegan. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I ever go to any social event is if, Our is activist. If, yeah, as an action. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't think that ever actually, straight up, I don't think that ever happened. But yeah. if it did, you know, I, I pretty much, I don't talk about anything other than veganism. <laughs> so they, so they would have to yeah. bite the bullet. Yeah, it'd be pretty quick. And also I wouldn't be in a relationship with someone who had. Doesn't share the same values. Doesn't share the same values. And even more so, doesn't share the same values of justice. And not just in terms of like, oh, they personally believe this. It's one thing if like, you know, oh, like I, you know, personally believe like this about like politics or something. But like when your value is like literally resulting in you torturing other beings when you're literally the reason why other beings are tortured that's a much different subject than just like oh you know i believe that um you know the politicians are like you know the taxes should do that or something because like when it comes to not being vegan that has a direct victim not just a philosophical kind of discussion that you have at the dinner table it's a real life victim right it'd be Mm -hmm. one thing it's the thing about veganism it's, it's, it's like if you're not vegan it's not just like you know personally having these anti-speciesist beliefs it's like i'm actually gonna pay for animals to be harmed so it would it, it kind of like you know it's not just that somebody would like personally be okay with slavery but that they would like actually own slaves so because of that i wouldn't do it for very long and eventually yeah. i'd have to like make it clear that this isn't an injustice and i'm not gonna enable Stand for it yeah, like I'm not going to enable you to abuse animals because the more you're in that relationship, the more you're going to make them feel comfortable and the more you're going to socialize, you're going to make That's true, I didn't even think of that. So because if the vegan activist is saying, yeah, it's fine, you can take your time, then clearly the issue isn't that big because you're prioritizing the respect from them over the trillions of animals being killed every year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, I wouldn't like totally isolate, I wouldn't say like, yeah, never. And I'd give it, I would give it a chance because give them a fair chance. Yeah, like I wouldn't, you know, like I don't know. I see, I see how it went, but um, I would also defend the animals in the same way that I would want to be if I were in that spot. So Mm -hmm. yeah, what do I do? Yeah, um, I mean, I have, and it didn't work out. Yeah, elephant in the room, like it's yeah. I I want someone who shares the same values as me, and I really, really love animals, and I want to be around them all the time. So. I would want to be with someone who loves animals as much as I do. And if you love animals, I feel as though you shouldn't eat them. So it would would just come down to that. Let's go back to um, the liberation pledge. I've been, I've thought about it many times too. And I feel as though I'm a little bit against it just because 
but you, you may have just changed my mind because I felt as though if I was sitting at a table with people, I would be able to plant that seed. And if I had that bracelet on, and if I took the pledge, I wouldn't be sitting at that table and I wouldn't be able to talk to them about it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. That's why I'm going to try it out. You know, once things, once things, how long, how long has it been? Um, it's been, uh, I don't even know, just like a few months. Um, okay. Unfortunately, when I took it, I was on tour with Anonymous to the Voiceless. So I was just gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like a, that is a valid argument. I think people would respect it more. And if you like stand up and say, Hey, cause I think that's going to ring in people's head more. If you treat it like any other injustice, if you treat it like they're slaves serving you. Mm-hmm. If I were, if there were slaves serving at a table, I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to hopefully like try to plant a seed about like, you know, anti-racism. Um, I'd just be like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But at the same time, yeah, I get what you're saying because, well, maybe I would if slavery was the 99%. Yeah, I would, I, I want to get more experience on it and then I'm going to make a video because yeah, I think this yeah. is an interesting topic. Yeah, I, I want to, yeah, I want to experience more before I, but um. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. I just want to try both both sides because I've been on the other end and it always mm-hmm. just feels so uncomfortable. And in my experience, I found people just get really defensive when they're eating these dead animals while you're trying to talk about it because you know people always love to do. It's always way easier when they're not eating the animal products. And they're always like, "Oh, I don't, I don't eat that." You know, I, I could go like, vegan. Yeah, like I, I don't I, even really eat that much meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when we go out and there's a vegan option, why don't you order it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, what that that happens too often. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Every time. So yeah, I'm just gonna try it and just see how it goes. Yeah, I'm excited for you to make that video like in a couple of months and cool. let us know how it goes. So that's funny because the next argument is that vegans are an inconvenient convenience at restaurants. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. People are saying yeah, being vegan is inconvenient. What I always just bring it back to is. Just the animals. It's so easy. Anything, any of this is so easy. Once you just think about the animals, mm-hmm. it's so easy to be vegan when you can imagine being in a slaughterhouse, having your throat cut open. So whenever that comes up, you know, I just always ask, what's more inconvenient? You asking for no mayonnaise and asking for avocado instead of cheese or being in a slaughterhouse, having your throat open and never seen daylight in your entire life it's really as easy as just saying like one sentence yeah I'd, actually I'd, could i get this instead of this thank you yeah it's, yeah <laughs> and it's, it's funny because with anything else i feel like nobody would make this big of a deal about it if you tell somebody oh yeah you know you should get um pepsi instead of uh sprite nobody would be like oh that's so inconvenient like i gotta ask like i don't have to move my hand at the grocery store that's such an inconvenience like, <laughs> doing my whole life like I think, uh, you know my parents fix sprite like it's just it's it's oh my gosh it's such a great way to look at it because people are so guilty they may they just make up these random excuses that is amazing (laughs) but my mom drinks pepsi yeah okay (laughs) yeah it's so it's it's like and then you just replace that like you know cow's milk and almond milk and then all of a sudden it's just oh i can never do that that's way too crazy so that just I, i always like bring that example up just to illustrate how easy it is and yeah. how with any the only reason why I think people bring up these excuses, the inconvenience, my family, this tradition is to hide away from that guilt because this is such a topic that has so much guilt 
And especially, this is the only time when you talk with somebody who isn't vegan, chances are they've never talked with a vegan activist in, the, in their life. So this is the only time, and likely the only time in their life they'll ever talk to a vegan activist. Right. This is probably the only time they're ever going to have this conversation. And it's such a big injustice that, yeah, it just creates these crazy defense mechanisms. 100%. Okay, here's a good one. So you miss out on important events like having a barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> people always love bring that up. So what I always do, I feel like the reason people are saying that is because they still haven't made the ethical connection. Mm-hmm. You, you make that ethical connection. That's not an important event. It's the least important event of all time. I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So um, I think, you know, what I always say, just, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just like a broken record. Everything is just the exact same thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you a barbecue. Put yourself in the animal's position. How would you feel if you were cut up into a thousand pieces of somebody could put you on a grill and eat your dead body with your with their family members to celebrate. How would you feel if you were in that position? What would you want people at that barbecue to do? Would you want them to partake? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just so simple. Just I, I, every it really it really is. It yeah. really is. And you don't you don't post a lot of graphic footage on your Instagram. The main reason why I don't is because I did for a while and then they kind of caught notice so then i was able to get away with it for the first like you know like year of doing instagram but then every time i did they censored the post oh, okay censored you can't share it on stories and um oh i didn't know that yeah you you can but then if you want to watch the story you have to like press like, like oh, yeah i want to see it so most people just skip over it so yeah. um what i found has been more effective is just whenever that so whatever normally what i do is then i'll just like link in the um you know description to go watch dominion so they can just watch it for themselves yeah what i i did actually recently use footage for the first time again in a while and i actually found it really effective um in the video right now actually has over a hundred thousand views on instagram wow it was um and for some reason actually instagram didn't censor it so yeah i'm gonna start like incorporating that back in because um yeah i think it is really important because it's so it's always just this philosophical conversation until you see the footage Mm-hmm. You can always say plants feel pain and like morality subjective and you know all this random stuff about like you know you know B twelve or whatever. But once you see the footage, then that you t- don't really think about B twelve at that point. You're not yeah thinking about B12. yeah you're not worried about B twelve when you're seeing animals being hacked apart. Yeah, and if you are worried about it, then your chance like people are, are tend to be a lot more like you know, asking questions. Okay, like, how can I do this, right? Like, how can I be healthy on a vegan diet rather than saying, oh, I just can't be healthy. Because when you see the footage, it really ties it in, um, why it's so important. So yeah, I think it is really important to show footage. That's something that I'm always, that I definitely want to do more. Yeah, and I think when you post it, you don't post it as often. It's more uh, more impactful, right? If you're posting more so like inspirational stuff and then bam, hit them with like graphic footage it's going to be more impactful than posting it every single day. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Hudson. Where can everyone find you? What are yeah, your platforms? You can just All just, of them. Yeah. <laughs> so everything, <laughs> any social media, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all that stuff. So yeah, you can just look up Hudson Tarlow and uh, yeah, send me a message and yeah, I'd love to connect. Um, yeah, that's that. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. For
So, yeah, of course. Great dialogue. Again, my name is Claire. Thank you so much. Hit subscribe and do not forget to follow us at Living Cruelty Free with me on Instagram and Facebook for upcoming episodes.